Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello, hello, and welcome, everyone. I'm so glad you're tuning in with us today. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Hey, can you heal a house Yeah, you heard me right. Can you heal a house? And even more, can a house heal the residents? Hope we piqued your curiosity here. We all know our surroundings can motivate, lift, and inspire us. But what happens when you live in an environment that is dark, dingy, and depressing? How does one feel worthy enough to dream big and make significant psychological and behavioral changes? We're going to talk about a project that has discovered the answers to these questions. I am honored to share their mission, Handmade with Love and Touched with Grace, a project so brilliant that it is blessing the lives of both the givers and the receivers. I invite you to take a few deep breaths. Bring your awareness into this moment. Open your mind. Connect with your heart. And settle into your essential self. As I introduce our guest, Terry Grail is the founder and CEO of Enchanted Makeovers, whose mission has been to transform shelters for women and children into places that inspire behavioral and psychological change. Through their various projects, mentoring programs, and makeovers of the physical space, women and children are introduced to a way of thinking that helps to shift their outlook about their lives and possibilities for their future. The shelter is transformed into a beacon of hope and mentoring programs develop important life and coping skills. Enchanted Makeovers has grown into a national charity and a charitable organization that is empowering women and children living in shelters and uniting communities worldwide. Terry lives in Taylor, Michigan, with her husband and four children. Welcome, Terry. Thank you, Julie. Dr. Julie. <laughs> oh, you can call me, me Julie. Thank <laughs> you. I am really, um, I, I, I'm really kind of tickled to have you here because I met you several years back and your story has stayed with me and resonated with me and inspired me, continued to inspire me. Over and over and over, you don't know how many times you and Enchanted Makeovers have popped into my consciousness and really given me solutions to questions and inspiration for projects. So I want to thank you for that. Well, you're welcome, but it's, yeah, I'm Wait. just a vessel being used for the greater good. <laughs> yes, and you know what? Our listeners are going to hear that in probably every word that you speak here. But we have a tradition here on the show, so I got to start out with our traditional perennial question because it's really important, and we really like to kind of set the program into this meme. And so I'm going to throw you for a curveball, something you're probably not thinking about right now. We're going to talk a lot about Enchanted Makeovers. But first, Terry, I'd like to hear what all things connected might mean to you what does all things connected mean to you oh well the first thing that came to my mind um in my heart was love it just automatically came is love um oh that's that's only thing right now on my heart 
Okay. We're all connected with love. So, (laughs) yeah, exactly. And I think that this conversation is really going to just unfold for our listeners to hear literally how you follow that connection and all things are connected in a way that really has been life changing for you. So let's start with your story because our listeners may not know what Enchanted Makeovers is, but when I first heard your story, it was all about that connection and just following the leads. And, and you and I have some funny stories to share just with our first meeting too, but let's just start with the background. What is Enchanted Makeover and how did it come to be? Well, Enchanted Makeovers, we are a national nonprofit. We're a 501c3 and our mission is to really, um, like you said, is just to uplift, inspire, um, change the hearts and minds of women and children um, living in shelters, but also change. Also, it has full circle in the community and how we see each other. Because I think if we can begin to change the way we serve, it changes the way we see each other. Um, mm. Really, you know, the women have taught me that don't come in here and try to save me walk beside me. And I have been a student and teacher through this journey. Um, It'll be nine years in December. I have to listen to what the women want. And um, that's our mission. Um, It began, I had a decorating business in 2005. And my first client, I didn't have no portfolio and nothing to show my work. He said, come and heal my home. And I went in and I began in her kitchen. And I would just pray for her. I didn't know her story. And I, you know, was painting her kitchen and I shared with her this new floor. It wasn't just a floor. It would be a new path for her her new journey. And when I was done with the kitchen, she said, would you do my guest room? And I said, well, what is this room going to represent? And she said, well, it'd be my grandmother's story. My grandmother raised me. So we had these little fake chocolate chip cookies that sat on her dresser, the teapot that her grandmother made her tea every Sunday. Um, She wanted a poem that was important to her grandmother on the wall. And when we were done, I said, Jeannie, let's, let's name your home. What do you want for the future? What is in your heart? She said, I want to name my home High Hope. So I had a sign hung outside, and then I moved on with other clients. So a whole year passed, and her client came in one day to the store, and he started sharing with her how this home, this was something magical about it. And she said, well, describe it. And she, he said, well, there's a sign outside, and it says, hi, Hope. And she said, well, that's my house. And I have to tell you how this woman helped to heal me and my home. Well, this gentleman began saying, um, well, don't you know what I do, Jeannie? And she said, well, I don't know. And he goes, well, I do all the fundraising for a shelter for women and children. Do you think she'll come and paint a wall? I received that call in December of 06 from this gentleman. His name was David. And January of 07, I made that visit. Um, to Grace Centers of Hope, and that's in Pontiac, Michigan. And um, it changed the whole course of my life. 
you know, Terry, the, the part about that story that is so intriguing to me because it did change the course of your life, but I love how you resisted and how you went there. And I remember you speaking of this place walking in and it was so sad and it made you so sad and, and yeah, you I took wanted pictures, to run. but yeah, you it's wanted to run out to and I, that and I distinguishedly, yeah. go ahead. I wanted to run and I always share that because that's, I have to be, um, I have to keep it real and I have to share at that moment, all my fear, it was, um, that energy in the, in, in the women's dorm was just sadness and darkness and who wouldn't want to run. I mean, the bunk beds were from a prison. Um, the bedspreads were from a nursing home. The walls were being held together together with duct tape. Uh, the lights on the ceiling were just falling. They're hanging by wires. Um, and I just stood there and I thought, you know, who am I? I, I can't do this. And I want to run from this feeling. And I told the director, I don't know if I can do anything. And she looked at me and said, I understand. So I left and went home and I went on with my life. I said, I don't want to have a part of that. Why is this in my life? And a week had passed and I took before pictures like I would do with my paying clients. And I um, just heard that voice say, look at those pictures. And I downloaded them, and there on that same mattress, the duct tape on the wall, was a polka dot pillow. And I have loved polka dots since I was a child. And when I saw the polka dots, I heard, trust me. And I put my right hand up in the air, and I said, I'll do it. I had no idea what I was doing. How are they going to get the funding to transform this dorm that 30 women slept for a year with their children. The cribs were held together, even with duct tape. No volunteers. But I, I just, in that moment, I, I obviously, I surrendered. And I was going to, I was going on this journey that I didn't know was going to take me now nine years in December. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So when you when you did raise your hand and you said, okay, I'm going to do this, then it was like the magic began. So tell us yeah. about those early months, those early weeks and months. Well, the first donation we received, I was, it was when The Secret first came out. And I never heard of it. I was, it was the after the secret show. And it was literally like the last 10 minutes of, it was on Oprah. And I remember sitting there, I'm like, what are they talking about? And my, at the time, the AOL, it was, you've got mail. And I'm sitting there and I'm, you know, I was just, you know, a month had passed and I'm like, no donations coming in. And I'm just feeling so down. And I'm like, how is this going to be accomplished? And the AOL said, you've got mail. And I checked my mail, and the first donation came from a woman in Australia. And she had bought my, I used to sell antiques on eBay. And when I sold those items on eBay, it was for a class that I took, a decorating class that I would take before I started my decorating business. Talk about full circle that this woman would come back into my life 
and be the first donor from Australia. And she said, I want to be the one to paint because I wanted these fake windows painted um, to be placed on the doors to the private bedrooms like it was cottages beyond the cottage. Each dorm was going to be created to make it just feel like a cottage in the woods. And she said, I'll paint those. And in that moment, you know, just sitting there, I'm like, I, you know, I had this, this, my whole body, it was like, don't worry about what is, what you don't have. Be prepared for what's about to come. Mm. It just took off from there. And yes, I had my ups and downs, but after it was about two months after that, I sent out a massive amount of emails asking for mattresses um, for all these 30 beds and uh, mattress pads and pillows. And it was um, on my 40th birthday that year. I remember getting out of bed. Before I touched the floor, I said, God, I don't want nothing for my birthday. I just want a huge donation. And it was at noon that a mattress company called me. And even his story is so amazing because he shared how he was in Mexico and that his wife said, you've been away for a while. You better check your emails. He said, Terry, I saw your email and I've been raised. If you can do something, you need to make a difference. And I will donate those mattresses, the mattress pads and pillows. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I mean, I was in tears and I'm like, okay, I think I'm getting how this is working. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what I love about your story. And those details are so beautiful, but also so powerful because it was like the universe called you into this and you said, yes. And of course, everything is connected after that. You, you just have, you've had people come on board, you've had items donated and, and then the most beautiful thing that I love about Enchanted Makeovers that I really want to make sure we can talk about before the break is you not only just go in and redecorate these women's shelters, but you've discovered a really powerful tool that creates this venue that's handmade. Tell us about the handmade items. Well, I truly believe that handmade is full of positive energy and love. And you cannot buy that off the shelf at a store. Um, It's not only full of that, but when someone is making that, I really feel that their authenticity shines. Ego is put aside, and that's part of the healing process for the giver and the receiver. It's full circle. It has to be full circle for enchanted makeovers. Um, so we believe in um, getting the community to serve with their talent. Whatever mm-hmm. it is, we have bloggers that just love to blog, and that's where they want to serve. To freelance writers that say, I'll write about enchanted makeovers. To mural artists, um, quilters, people that just love to embroider. Um, it has to be that way. That's how I grew up. None of this is made up. My mother made everything for us. Yes, we didn't have any money and we lived on food stamps, but that that's what I remember. Uh, is my mother at that machine making our curtains and making us clothes and that screams love. <laughs> mm. 
I love that. You know, I, I, there's a, a quote and I think it's, um, uh, Catherine McGowan, I believe said, there's no problem where loving more isn't the solution. And when I tune into enchanted makeovers and all that you're doing, there's, there's not only just love in how you followed this path, but there's, you say love is in the details and love is in the, the bedspreads and the pillowcases and the the decorations. It's not just like a sterile environment where you have a bed and a bedspread and a table that's bare. Literally, there's murals on the wall. There's Tell us more about what, what might our listeners see if they walk into this women's shelter that's been um, working with Enchanted Makeovers. Well, I'll take you back to Gray Center's. And um, when the, the last stop in 07 is uh, the director took me to the women's dorm. And I will never forget that visit. We had to walk up the staircase and it was just this horrible brown paint that was chipping. And they even painted the, the trim around the window, this brown paint. The door to the dorm was metal. And I just... You know, I follow my heart. I've always done that. I will continue to trust. Um, I just saw that as an enchanted forest. I wanted the women to be able to, I mean, imagine you're walking the staircase and you're going up your dorm. So it had to be this forest that you saw this mother, um, she was feeding her little, her, you know, the, in the nest and she's feeding her babies. But I wanted another bird to be cheering her on as she watched. And she prayed for how well she was taking care of her children. And signs in the forest, there was one we placed that said, when you're down to nothing, God is up to something. Words matter. They can uplift or destroy a life. And I wanted everything to be uplifting to, even when the women walked up the stairs, they were reading something. Um, you walk through this forest, you get to the, this horrible metal door. I want it to be um, an old vintage screen door. So there was even the windows had flower boxes. So literally it was an outside of a cottage and then you were going inside. Even though the women were, they, they can't go outside. There's no place to go and walk around. So it was just nature inside. And then as you walked in, you saw all these handmade items and um, every lampshade. I remember um, there was 20 lampshades and I found all these mother of pearl buttons. And, you know, people, they still laugh about it. And I say, you must have been crazy. I said, no, because every button I placed on these lampshades, I mean, it took me weeks. It was to me that how dare I give up on this project when every, Button represented a woman in her courage and bravery to either walk away from human trafficking, obviously, or be escaped, um, domestic violence, or there's some that we serve our female homeless vets. Each one, that was a woman's face. So even the shades represented a message. Um, and that's, I just wanted the women to feel embraced and loved. And, Many of these horrific things, I mean, from being raped at five years old to turning to drugs to numb the pain 
and now they're in a shelter to rebuild their life. And these many of these women came to me and said, you know, and these are tough women. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to, you know, get on their bad side. And they're walking up to me at the time. I had my pigtails. <laughs> you know, they're hugging me. And they said, you know, I feel like I'm living in a dollhouse. And mm-hmm. I just, there's no, I can't even, I'll never forget that because. Who doesn't want to feel precious? Hmm. Who doesn't want to feel precious? I love that. And that phrase right there, Terry, is so evident as the essence of Enchanted Makeovers. Um, I'm going to encourage our listeners to go online and visit it is enchantedmakeovers.org. There are pictures, there are videos, there are programs. There's so much there to see this. And I really encourage you to go look at the pictures because who doesn't want to feel precious? Just shines through. Literally, Terry, you have a magic about you that the designs <laughs> are you. enchanted. And it's not like, um, to me, you, there's, a, there's a unique style that literally I don't see anywhere. I mean, you, you know, I, I think about it, it's not country, it's not classical or traditional, or it, it's so enchanted and yet just magical. There's something about your designs that create magic and and you can tell that if I was there I would be filled with this almost this childlike enchantment remembering who I am and and being inspired that I could do anything and so after our break we're going to talk about what you're doing for the individual people but I'd, I'd love for you to just speak we have about four minutes before break and this style that's there there's so much there's repurposed things there's um uh, oh, I, I don't even know how to describe it, but could you describe this enchanted design that literally just oozes out of the walls and the the <laughs> furniture? Well, um, what the women have taught me is a lot of the women have had their childhood taken away. And I wanted to tap into that, not only that childlike faith, but have it in between. I don't want that Walt Disney nursery. No, I mean, a lot of it's just what's in my heart. I mean, I am a child that <laughs> a kid at heart, <laughs> but um, what the women have shared with me, and some of the women have been in the 40s, 50s, is I feel like a little girl again. And what I've noticed through the years is a lot of people are waiting for people to give them permission to nurture the child from within. I'm here to give you permission. So we, we will have bluebirds flying with long eyelashes. Um, and we have that with one of our makeovers. Um, and But bluebirds are helping each other carry the weight. That's what it's all about, is to nurture that little girl from within. Mm. You can still be strong and powerful woman. That's what Enchanted Makeovers designs are about. Mm. Yeah, empowering and that powerful woman that's inside 
and that empowered child that can dream and dream big and and literally tap into the source of who they are. Um, the enchantment is almost like this Hansel and Gretel kind of feel. But um, like you mentioned that I, I really want our listeners to, to tap into is there's so much symbolism that you incorporate into the designs of literally the support and the um, people helping people, animals helping animals. I mean, it's just like, and you may go, yeah. wow, okay, this is great for women and children, but really the child inside the women are what really matters here as far as making change and making a difference. That's always been on my heart. I, I mean, I've learned a lot through this process. I mean, walking into Grace Centers, I didn't know a lot of the women's stories. I'd never been to a shelter, but I, I, I think a big part of it is my, that first visit, and I had to return to say I will do this space. When I stood in that chapel and they stood against the wall with their arms folded, like who in the hell does this woman think she is? With my pigtails, I burst into tears. And all the women began to cry with me. And they said, everything is going to be okay. So that will always be in my heart, is that she is me. She is me. I'm not here to try to save you. We're going to walk together. Um, They just became, all the women became girls to me. You know, Mm -hmm. the one lady in the front row, she had her butterfly necklace on her pink um, nail polish, her blue eyeshadow. It was this little girl sitting there encouraging me to be strong. And that, that is still in my heart. That's how I see Enchanted in every woman that I serve. Mm. Well, it's a beautiful story. We're going to take a quick break, and I want to really talk about what you've done for the women as well, empowering them and mentoring them. So we're going to take a quick break when we return more with Terry Grail and Enchanted Makeovers. Have you ever lost a cat? And have you ever wanted to get your cat back after you lost it? Hi there, I'm Andrew Hoffman. I went on this website called inventnow.org. Then I decided to make an invention of my own. It's called the Lost Cat Magnet Invention. So you can get your cat back after you lost it. Just turn it on and lost cats stick to it. That's a good cat. If your cat was hiding up in a tree, it won't be up a tree anymore. It will be stuck to the lost cat magnet. And sometimes they fly toward you in the air. Just listen to one satisfied cat. See, that's proof. You should go to the inventnow.org website too. But just remember one thing. Don't do a lost cat magnet. Anything's possible. Keep thinking. Get started on your own inventions or just play some games at inventnow.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, the National Inventors Hall of Fame Foundation, and the Ad Council. Come to the forest. It's a place not so far away. A place where you don't have to mow the lawn. Or babysit. I saw lizards and squirrels and bugs. Ladybugs, caterpillars. It's really cool, actually. A place where you don't have to make time for free time. 
lots and lots of kinds of species here. Out here, you may even meet the mysterious creature known as the other you, the enchanted you. It's magic what flowers do. The adventurous you. My favorite tree. Yes, that one. The free to be me you. <laughs> Ask your parents to take you to this not so far away place. Come to the forest where the other you lives. But first, stop by discovertheforest.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Do you get tired of styling your hair every day? And do you want a good hairstyle every day? Hi, I'm Sarah Schuster. I went on a website called inventnow.org, and after that, I decided to invent something too. Something called the Insta-Do. Just imagine, you just put it over your head like a helmet does, and you pick your hairstyle with the buttons on the side, and you can have instant hairstyle in seconds. People like it. People like Jeff Bart. I like it. And people like Kenneth. It's a summer thing, and it fits over your head, and it's great. Thank you, and- Kenneth. You should go to inventnow.org, and it could help you come up with your own invention. After all, look at me on the radio now. Anything's possible. Keep thinking. Get started on your own inventions, or just play some games at inventnow.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, the National Inventors Hall of Fame Foundation, and the Ad Council. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back to the Dr. Julie Show, everyone, and thank you for tuning in. I just want to remind you, if you are enjoying the show today, um, tune in to thedrjulieshow.com. You'll find the archive there. You can tell your friends about Enchanted Makeovers and also go to enchantedmakeovers.org. They also have a nice Facebook page. You can find them there. Hey, Terry. Um, I Before we start about the, the program and what you're doing for individual people, I love the story about the polka dots and the dime and people don't know what the dime means yet, but (laughs) you're going to tell them. But you mentioned at the beginning of the show what polka dots meant to you and why finally when you saw the polka dots on that pillow, it shifted your consciousness and you moved into that. And the thing I love about this story is that this is part of your internal guidance system. You, You tune in and when you need it, it's like, boom, something shows up that really guides you and moves you into fuller manifestation. And and polka dots is one of those things. And the dime story is one of those things. Can you just share a little bit more about what that means to you? Um, well, with polka dots, um, it's, they're, there's no sharp edges. They're soft. They're round. Um, I just think of it as a circle, um, a circle of people. Um, I didn't know that as a child. It just, feels like a, it's so childlike when you see polka dots. Um, so that's why what I love about them. And it's funny is because even the donors from around the country and international, they're sharing about their polka dot stories. And when they see something polka dot at the store, it's kind of funny how the polka dot kind of spread everywhere. Um, the dime, when this journey began, I started discovering dimes on my path. 
And at first I'm like, oh, there's a dime. But no, it's gone on for years. And it's amazing when I start feeling, oh, you know, I'm starting feeling down. And can I continue to move? A dime appears. And I pick it up. I always say thank you. And for me, that dime represents trust. Trust. Keep the faith. Um, you got to keep moving. I always say keep um, putting footsteps to your prayers. Mm-hmm. So that's what that dime represents to me. Um, I asked years ago a couple people on social media, I mean, what? why 10? I've been told 10 is really one with God. So I never did any more research past that. But I don't, you know, I go by how things feel. And it feels right, and I trust that. And um, I believe that God speaks to all of us in different ways. Obviously, the polka dot speaks to me. And there's no coincidence. I mean, what's the chance of a polka dot pillow in a shelter? <laughs> exactly. And so that's, just... what, that's how he had to speak to me. Yeah. And um, I listened, and I continue to listen. And when I met you, we were interviewing you for a documentary and we were talking and you you were speaking about the dime and then we moved the camera bag and out rolls a dime. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That well, was just like beautiful. It was, it was really a beautiful gift for all of us. The, yeah. So here, here's an important piece of your formula that I think you've discovered that you know, I like to look for what's working in the world and to tell the story of things that are working. And one of the things that that you've evolved into that I think is so important, a couple things, I should say, part of your formula. One, you get the community involved. This is an all-volunteer thing. When you go in to do a makeover of a shelter, you get that community involved to take responsibility and to take ownership of the shelter and number two you get the women to take ownership and they get involved so let's talk about some of those components of really how you make this work with volunteers and then what are you doing for this mentoring that's really helping build the life skills build the vocational confidence of these women and really making that that change agent activated and and ignited inside these women well, with the community, I think the, the crucial, the big part of this is my authenticity. So um, I've had a lot of different college students come to me to say they want to serve. And I said, you, I, you can't go in um, asking young women to um, put down their vision. You know, they want to do vision boards if you're not willing to share your story. So, and they did that. They were, they were very nervous to first share that with me, but that was part of the lesson um, for them before they went in to serve. I just share my heart. You know, I share my dreams, um, my hopes, um, what I'm afraid of. And I think people that's what speaks to people's hearts is just keeping it real. And, and now they can all 
participate and help build this with something they love. So we have gentlemen that just want to make things, you know, from wood. You know, we had a gentleman that made hope chests from Iowa and he had them shipped over. And what's the magical about that is the first item he ever made was a hope chest for his girlfriend, which he is still married to her after 40 some years. I didn't know that when I asked him to make the hope chest. So having the community serve with what they love to do, that shines, um, that just screams <laughs> that um, kind of like we're just, there's no fear there. It's just being you. Um, you know, it's all of us just going in together. We're working side by side um, the community. Yeah. I'm never going to ask you to paint if you love to quilt. And I'm surprised because a lot of volunteers are shocked by that. They're like, well, usually we have nonprofits tell us what we need to do. I said, I don't work that way. That's not what this is about. I want you to have a voice. Everyone wants to have a voice. They want to be a part of something, especially if they can help build it. Um, for the women, they also have to have a voice and help build. And one of our programs is called the Sacred Sewing Room. That started years ago. My mother, um, I shared earlier in the interview that my mother um, has always sewed for us. You know, I always saw it at the sewing machine. Um, it was Carly Simon playing on the radio, James Taylor, Carol King. <laughs> she had a blasting, making curtains for us. I just remember the, the breeze coming in through the windows, um, the sound of the machine. But I also didn't know my mother um, battles depression. She told me years ago that a sewing machine saved her life. And in that moment, I'm like, we have to have a sewing program. We have to have permanent sewing rooms and shelters for women and children that they also can escape. They can create. They can provide for their family. And it couldn't be just a room full of machines. It also, ha also had to have beautiful murals and beautiful fabric, not polyester in your scraps. Everything had to be as how would I want it. And so we, I mean, fabric is art. It's beautiful to touch. It's beautiful to look at. And that's even part of the healing is that the women, even the first sewing we set up, the women walked in and that was the first thing they did. They went up to the fabric and they touched it. So it's, that has been so successful, that program. But also with that, the women have to give back. So part of their class, um, we've had women make pillowcases for children in hospitals, um, make dresses for girls in Africa, bibs for teen moms in shelters. They can be a part of the community. They can also have a voice. And it's very empowering to parents. And that's lacking in shelters. And it's, it's um, that piece was also taught to me. Um, years ago, I had a football coach reach out to me and said, I want my team to give back. Is there anything that we can do? And I told the coach, I said, I, I don't know. 
I really have to think about this. I was stumped. I just didn't get the football part. And that once again, I had to be still. I had to listen. And I remember sitting on my couch and I said, God, why did you bring this to me? I don't get the football part. And just that silent voice said, the boys will play flag football with the men. Now, the first shelter had a men's program. And yes, I feel I've been called to serve women and children, but there's less, there was lessons in that I had to learn. And sometimes you can go off the path, but you're still on that same path. It just kind of redirects you a little bit to say, okay, there's a lesson here. Go in this classroom. You need to learn this. But you'll very shortly, hopefully, be out of that classroom back on the path. And I remember calling the shelter, and I said, we, I would love for the men to serve and play flag football. A lot of these young men on this team had no fathers. And they were already on that path of, you know, dealing drugs, getting in trouble. So they came out and um, played football with the young men. We had lunch together. But the men were able to have a voice and share. Uh, many had been abused um, by their stepfathers. And they took that wrong path. And they said, you know, we don't, we don't, you have a chance here. Um, that, that lesson obviously went into years later that women need to serve. They need to make a difference. And the children, because the children can also make handmade cards of inspiration to give to children battling cancer. And I, I think that's such a big piece of Enchanted Makeovers is that the women have shared with me, we want to do this. We want to be a part of the community. Mm. Besides, that's, that's beautiful. They, they become a part of the community that's supporting them. They become part yeah. of their own support system. It's really, it is really beautiful how it, it comes full circle and there's this reciprocity that's happening. And, and so what are you noticing then about developing self-esteem, developing life skills? What else are you doing with the mentoring and, and how are these women doing? Well, a, lot, a couple of the women are on our team. They went back to college and now they're counselors at the shelter um, two of them at the shelter that the first one we went to, Gray Centers, um, they're now on our team. They're doing very well. They share how that environment impacted them and um, what it did for them internally, what it did for their children. Um, there's, it, a lot of that was their self-worth. That was a big piece of the puzzle um, to, I can do more than just... Um, you know, go to counseling. What do I want to do with my life? Um, my heart is so heavy right now. I have so much to share. I'm like, my brain's going <laughs> in every direction. Um, you know, with these women, the, <laughs> the thing, Terry, that I think is um, inspiring about this story is those listening to your story and Enchanted Makeovers, and, and you're in, you've been all over now, and we'll go into the numbers in a minute of, you know, you have a headquarters there, but you've been helping people in multiple locations. But listening to this story, you have elements 
that work that inspire people. And it's like helping people understand that they need that self-worth and they need to feel valued and helping people take ownership and helping the community take ownership and everything being made by love. I wonder about this formula with other institutions, you know, with, with hospitals, with nursing homes, with psychiatric facilities and jails and prisons. To me, this inspires me for a, a bigger global picture. Have you ever heard that feedback? Um, a lot of um, men that have been incarcerated, they have sent us paintings and um, a lot of their paintings, they did a gallery. So they reached out and they did, um, it's a prison here in Michigan. And we've gotten a lot of letters from the men. They did an event where they um, put um, flyers around the prison to say, would you like to paint some art for Enchanted Makeovers? Mm. So it is, I, when I received that letter, it was, that you can't even put a price on that. It was to think that Enchanted Makeovers has entered the prisons. How beautiful. That the, and these artworks are these beautiful lighthouses. And just to think that, that even the men have a voice um, that feel like there's any hope mm. that they can be a part of this and shine. Um, so it has hit the prisons. Um, I know that um, there's different professors at colleges, and we only hear this afterwards. That they've short shared our mission with their design students, but this isn't about decorating. I was never called to decorate, and that's the piece that it's. I really feel this is a movement, and it's a paradigm shift. And it's going to take some time to people really understand it's how we see each other, how we mm -hmm. feel about each other. And um, I, who I, like I said, I go back to no one wants to be saved. They want someone to walk beside them. That's way different than saying, here's a plate of food or here's um, a bag of clothes. To be mm -hmm. able to listen to someone's story without judgment and without pity um, to really feel their pain and what they went through is because paint fades bed spreads eventually you got to throw them away because they have holes in them but to change the heart and minds of a community and for women and children to feel that I have something to share I can also empower you and teach you and that's what's lacking is only it's that one side of I can only help you, I only know best, and that's not true because a lot of these women have been teachers. They had the mansions, they had the fast cars. It's like all of a sudden, once a woman hits a shelter, they're not educated, they have nothing to offer. It's like they're kind of invisible, and that's why it's important that when we have events, everybody wears a name tag. Because once you put a name on someone, it's totally different. Mm. You know, and that, that was my story. That wasn't something I, I remember when I was nine and I had to go to a hall to pick out a Christmas gift because my mom and dad didn't have the money to buy us gifts. 
And I remember that horrible line that we had to stand in. That line bothers me still. We had to stand this perfect line. And this gentleman came up to me and said, come here, girl. He got something. And for that to stay with me since I was nine, that he didn't ask my name. What if we asked people their names? We said, hi, Sally. It's just here's your food. Here's your, here's a, some clothes. It's, that's what, what I have learned through the nine years. So I can't hold this in. I have to share what's being taught to me that that humanity part. But, yeah. you know, it's very scary. And you know, people said have asked me, why were you scared to go to the shelter? I said, because I had to flip the mirror and look at myself. And people don't want to do that. It's That's a lot of work. It's scary. Mm. It's changed. And that's what it has been through this process is all the internal work that I have to go within. And once you go within, is that's when you tap into the hearts of other people. Yeah, and so that's where you have learned to love more, and you're you're bringing yeah. that into all those little details, which is amazing. I want to give you an opportunity to just tell us briefly how many shelters are you working with, or have you worked with? Where are you at? How's the funding going? How do you do this all volunteer? It's like amazing. The numbers piece, and you have a headquarters right there in Michigan. I want you to just tell us the logistics of um, Enchanted Makeovers. Um, Well, we've transformed hundreds of rooms nationally, either from the bedrooms to the sewing rooms to classrooms. Um, As far as being 100% volunteer, it's relationships. It's all based on friend, friend raising, um, that heart to heart of really getting people to invest emotionally. And that's what's sustaining us, that, um, that people want to continue to give financially in kind. In kind is big. We have attorneys that want to do trademarks for us pro bono. Um, we have now a grant writer that wants to do it pro bono. But she also shares her story. So she's connected. Mm-hmm. Everybody that has been a part of this, all everybody has tried to be that they want to share their story. That story part is a big piece of this. Um, for the house, you know, three years ago, I claimed it on social media. I had our photographer. I said, I want you to place me on a rack. And I took the Willy Wonka gates but I took the WW out and I put EM on them. And then I wanted the yellow brick road. <laughs> and then on the yellow brick road was a corporate cottage. So I put on social media. I said, and we are going to get a national headquarters donated to us. I'm claiming it on this day. In 2013, I met with the mayor in my hometown of Taylor, Michigan. And I shared the vision. I shared what has happened in throughout the years. Um, and that I wanted this house that sat on North Line, a few miles from my home, as our national headquarters. And three weeks later, he said, meet me at that house. And he said, share what's going to happen in each room. So I shared a story. I'm a storyteller, so I shared the 
story of what, how it would feel, what would happen in each room. And he stood there staring at me, and he said, we will donate this to you for a dollar. So we got a 1926 arts and crafts home that's being renovated by Home Depot Foundation. By every union you can imagine has stepped on board to do all the electrical, the plumbing, the heating and cooling, all volunteers. And all these men have turned into boys. Mm. They are so excited to build this, to be a part of it. I have these little ruby slippers I wear with bows on them. And when we're off alone, they go, I love those shoes. And they only got the car house on the top. <laughs> <laughs> it's enchantment that's even touching these, these rough, tough guys that they're yeah. seeing. You know, a lot of them have said, what about this? What if we had this? And But the, the beauty of that story, this house has a huge rock in the front yard. And I didn't even know that. That wasn't why I picked it. I just thought it was important that I sat on the rock, which is obviously God is my strong foundation and all this in my faith. And there's a huge rock in the front yard. Mm. Incredible. So it was you know. always always going to be our house we just had to have that faith and continue to do the work yeah i say god speed <laughs> mm. you know terry there is so much enchantment in enchanted makeovers and i love all the different stories you are a beautiful storyteller and you know the to me the greatest enchantment is how you've captured the heart of humanity you really have brought humanity out in these women, in these children, in these volunteers, in these communities, in the walls, in the furniture. You brought the heart of humanity out that really um, attracts people and it, it creates a resonance all of its own. And I, I've loved sharing about Enchanted Makeovers today. We are coming up on close and I want to just tell our listeners one more time, they can find more about you at EnchantedMakeovers.org. In a minute or less, Terry, do you have a positive vision for the future or some inspiring words you want to share with our listeners real quick? The, the dream that's in my heart is a woman sitting on her couch with her children tucked in her bed, and um, we are providing jobs for the women through our sacred sewing room program. That mm -hmm. is my dream. I go to bed with every night. Um, that piece I'm claiming will be fulfilled. Um, for the listeners, do not entertain any darkness. Focus on the love and the light. Um, and just for me, I take it day by day. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, so I want to remind our listeners there's lots of ways that you can get involved if this is touching your heart. Um, there's there's lots of ways from sewing a pillowcase to giving of your time or or financial resources. So check out the webpage and see how you can get involved. And I know Terry is so generous. If you are inspired and want to do something in your own community, get a hold of her. Is that correct? Yes. Please. Yes. Terry, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Oh, lovely, lovely. Thank you all for tuning in and hopefully 
you feel just as enchanted as I have with Enchanted Makeovers. For now, we're going to say goodbye. We'll see you right back here next week. Bye-bye.